welcome to the Bullcast Podcast. I'm Katie Pickler, and with me as always, it's Court Winsett. Hello, Katie Pickler. <laughs> uh, sorry, I just thought, hello, pulpit. <laughs> no, you'll never hear me say that. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, go ahead, Cam. Ring that opening bell. Ring ding. <laughs> Ring a ding ding. Katie, what are we talking about today? So it's summertime. You know what summertime typically means? Um, it depends on what summertime you're talking about. There's, you know, summertime, time, time, and the living is easy. You know, there's um, summertime, 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 Okay, summertime. I'm talking about vacations. Oh. A lot of times people think of summertime and they think of vacay. I automatically think of the uh, Janis Joplin version of summertime. That is immediately what comes to mind anytime I hear the word summertime. Almost always start singing it. At least if I'm by myself. Don't tell me this is a vacation episode. This is not a vacation episode. <laughs> no. no, ladies no, no. and gentlemen, please don't go. It's not no. a vacation episode. We promise. Okay. <laughs> so this actually is an episode that um, Rebecca, who is a listener of ours, and she's in Texas, she reached out to me and said that she would love an episode. And her question actually is a very loaded one that we're going to have to do over multiple episodes. But particularly, it was particularly, who can't say words today. Particularly. Um, Thanks, Court. You're always Ambulance. there for me. She wanted to know... Pierce Brosnan. Okay, enough. She <laughs> wanted to know about rental properties and how really trying to decide on you know what to do and buy and should you do it or should you not. And so that's a big loaded question, but we thought in this episode, let's kind of talk about the phenomena of Airbnbs, VRBOs. Actually, you know, I used to call it a VRBO until I saw an ad recently on YouTube. The narrator... For the company, says Verbo. 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 Did y'all okay. all call it VRBO? I yeah, called, I've, I've always, always called, called it VRBO. Yes. Yeah, okay, we are spending way too much time together. <laughs> so we just said, <laughs> said that, that exactly the same time. So it is yeah. Verbo. Yes. Okay, so okay. Verbo. So Verbo. Says, I mean, because it used to be you'd go on vacation and you had the hotels, and now you have these great options of rental places. And I feel like there always was rental places at the beach or, you know, at cottages like in Gatlinburg and like ski resorts. But for a lot of main cities, it was a hotel. You didn't have the option of staying in an Airbnb, a house or something like that. And I mean, there's some really cool ones out there. I personally, if I'm traveling and it's one of those that it's, it's a, it works with my trip, I try and find an Airbnb. Uh, for my bachelorette, we ended up staying at this great Airbnb that was above an old theater. So it was really cool because you came down these very steep stairs, which were not necessarily great for a bachelorette party, but <laughs> everything else was wonderful. <laughs> um, and so it's just a cool location. I'm staying in one in New Orleans in a couple of months that is a 1868 mansion. Mm. Um, so I, I always, I'm a sucker for the cool places. Well, sure. Yeah, absolutely. That way, but we're not going to talk about it in terms of like, Hey, these are the great places to travel. We're going to talk about it from the perspective of somebody who's actually renting out. Yeah. I mean, we are going to start it off. We do have some lists. Yes. We're not going to do a top five, but we're going to do a couple of lists. The We've first, got a list. The first one is going to be some of the coolest Airbnbs in the world. Because, yes, Airbnbs are not just in the U.S., they're actually internationally known. They're all over. Okay, so it is time for the list segment. The, the bull, bull list. The bull list. <laughs> or shoot. Shooting the bull. Yep, there you shooting go. Shooting the we're bull. We're calling the shooting the bull. That's what we're going to do. Okay, so there is actually a jungle treehouse in Brazil that sleeps eight people. 
just $263 a night. That actually sounds really, really reasonable if the treehouse is cool. I mean, yeah. like, you But know. you might have to, like, fear for your life getting to the treehouse in Brazil. Like, I mean, I don't know what's going to be out there. I Well, I mean, where exactly in the jungle? Because the jungle in is the mighty jungle, big. The, <laughs> <laughs> the, that jungle down in Brazil. Okay, so, you know, it's, it's just, it's huge. It's, it's a big, it's, the, it's a rainforest. So there's that. Okay, number two. The geodesic dome near World Biosphere Reserve in Chile. That sounds cool. Chile, I yep. mean, yeah, I'm sorry. I cannot pronounce it Chile. It's it's Chile. I mean, I'm sorry. I, I, I'm, I'm, chili is what you eat in the winter. Yeah. I've, I grew up calling it chili, like okay. the, 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 the country. I chili. mean, that so. one's only $67 a night, so that's cheap. But yeah, you just gotta get there. Yeah, it sleeps two people. I'm, I'm wondering what this thing looks like. It looks like a, a sphere. A it's, geodesic dome. Exactly. Okay. Okay, a classical apartment on the Royal Mile in Edinburgh, Scotland. Uh, yeah, I'm place. Yeah, I'm 100% down for that. I don't know what it is. I don't know what classical apartment means. Um, and I it's, don't... You look and there's just gorgeous like portraits everywhere and mm. the old classic furniture. Uh, um, it would definitely be one of those that you take your shoes off, you don't drink red wine. Like, oh, you, Lord. Yeah. Oh, oh, no. Um, yeah, well, I mean, it's, 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 that's a relatively good rate. 170 yeah. a night is, is really pretty reasonable and I'd really want to go to Scotland, but mm-hmm. this isn't a travel episode. So moving yep. on, uh, solar home in Marfa, Texas. I've, I've been to Marfa. Have oh. you really? There's nothing there. That uh, does <laughs> not surprise a, me. There's, there's apparently a solar home mm-hmm. and you can, uh, you and four guests, you and four friends, so five guests total can pay $710 a night. For this place, mm-hmm. three hundred and sixty. There's three hundred sixty degree views. It's all glass. Woohoo! <laughs> so do not walk around in your birthday suit. Well, or do if you're into that. <laughs> oh. Okay, there's a sauna sea cottage near Scott Scottholm. Is that how you say that? Are we on Stockholm. 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 Mm-hmm. Stockholm. Stockholm, Sweden. Sweden. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, this can fit four guests, um, two hundred and forty-two a night, and this picture is magical because it's just the steps going down, and I just picture the water like crashing up. And... Oh, I'm all over that. Oh, yeah. I've always wanted to go to Sweden, and again, that just sounds cool as heck. So, uh, but I also like the the next one, maybe just because of the what it's called, the man cave apartment in Geneva, Florida. Part of an active airplane hangar on a private airstrip, ninety dollars a night. I mean, I don't know. That just, you know, it, it, it's in Florida. It's a man cave, and it's only ninety it bucks. Kind of just night. looks like the ultimate bachelor pad. That sounds sure. sounds good to me. <laughs> sounds good to me. Okay, so Katie, you're next. Of course, you give me the word I can't pronounce. <laughs> I didn't do it on purpose, but I was praying this that this would happen. <laughs> Underground Hygie? Hygie? I, 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 I don't think know. It's Higa. Higa. H-Y-G-G-E for those who are listening and yes. might know how to actually pronounce it. This is it. in Washington. And or Higgy. Yeah. It's Higgy. called a huga. A huga. A huga. Hmm. Yep. It's a Danish word used when acknowledging a feeling or moment. A huga. Okay. 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 Well, anyways, this is the ultimate Lord of the Rings fan place. It looks like the Hobbit It house. looks like the, the house. Fro- it looks like Frodo's house from, yeah. from Lord of the Rings. Now, it's a little pricey. It's $400 a night, and I think it can only sleep two people. But if you are the ultimate Lord of the Rings fan, then get yourself to Washington and go stay for a night. Well, how about a you know a fully con- fully restored 1920s sheep wagon in Shirley Basin, Wyoming for only $125 a night? I mean, that's pretty cool. I would right. picture back to my Oregon Trail days. What in the world is a sheep wagon? It's... Or- 
did you did you you're you probably never played Oregon Trail? Of course I did. Wait, I girl. Yes. I love Oregon Trail. You die of dysentery. <laughs> exactly. We all like grew up with that and like the yeah. terrible computers. But Absolutely. It was, when you got to play Oregon Trail, like that was the ultimate moment in elementary school. Oh yeah, yeah. When the teacher would actually let you, you basically got to play a video game except exactly. it was all text. Yeah. But um, okay, but still, that doesn't answer what a sheep wagon is. It looks like what it was in Oregon Trail. It's um, the wagon. Like a covered like wagon? Like a covered wagon? It's like a covered wagon that I had they no made. idea those were called sheep wagons. Yeah, so they... No well, you put sheep in it. Think about it. Come on. <laughs> you put sheep in the wagon. Sure. I don't know. Because they can't walk. That's why you have a ramp. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Peaceful rainforest treehouse retreat in Volcano Hawaii. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that sounds yeah. cool. Yeah. Yeah, we're doing that. Especially... One hundred and twenty-one a night. Yeah, in Hawaii, that's that sounds like a bargain to me. Yeah, I mean, I think the only thing you have to worry about is active volcanoes, but you should be good. Okay, the next one is a converted World War II train car with a patio in Maryville, Tennessee, for one hundred and sixty-five dollars a night. I think that's awesome. It's in Maryville, Tennessee. I don't really actually know where Maryville is. Uh, it's in Tennessee. Okay. I mean, we're, we're ladies and gentlemen, we're from Tennessee. And <laughs> we not, don't know where it is. <laughs> I'm not trying. I'm not. I'm just. If I'm going to look for a really cool, like, you know, Airbnb place to stay, I don't think I'm going to go to Maryville, Tennessee. Well, you never know. Dome in the desert in Joshua Tree for two hundred and twenty-six dollars a night. So Do you again, get hang to out stay in the desert with you two and listen to their music while you're in there. Or is sure. It just out in the desert, no you two. Okay, never mind. <laughs> Sounds cool though. I bet you can see a lot of pretty stars. Pirates of the Caribbean. Getaway, Topanga Canyon, Cali, Topanga Canyon, California. California, yes. Okay. I shortened it. I'm sorry. I figured you would know what California is. <laughs> just, uh, Cali. Um, I'm going back to Cali. Uh, okay. Anyway, uh, featured in the music video Love by Cody Simpson and Ziggy Marley. I uh, have no idea what video that is. I don't either. But um, it's uh, got a hot tub with a crystal fireplace and it's only $198 a night. So that sounds... Yeah, they've definitely got a lot of Pirates of the Caribbean display. So if you're a Pirates of the Caribbean fan, there's a place. Lord of the Rings, you're a place. Sure. Okay, and we do are throwing another bonus list in here because I couldn't help myself. Famous houses you can rent. Okay, now this one I can get behind. Yep. Okay, so I, I guess I'll start. Tony Stark's cabin in Georgia, $800 a night. Totally worth it. Okay. I assume they're talking about his cabin from Endgame, and that yes. place was just freaking magical. So Absolutely. I'm, there. I'm all over it. Okay, Harry Potter's childhood home, 196 mm. a night, and comes with breakfast. Boring. Okay, Fresh Prince of Bel Air, the mansion. Uh, sure. Yeah, that's it. When I listed on there, it said $30, but that was only a promotional for about two weeks, and now mm. they don't say a price. Uh, the next one. Katie? The Bachelor Mansion from the show The Bachelor. Malibu, $6,000 a night. For $6,000 a night, it better come with some bachelors and some bachelorettes. That's all I'm saying. You want the bachelors? No, I'm just saying, you know, <laughs> I, I'm an equal opportunity. I'm not a, you know, I'm not a chauvinist. So just, you know, throw in a little bit of everybody for all of the guests. Bella Swan's Family House, $330 a night in St. Helens, Oregon. That's Twilight for those that don't know Bella Swan. Yeah, and I would, quite frankly, I would rather stay in the Cullens' house than in <laughs> Bella Swan's house. Her house was a little lame, but whatever. Okay, I feel like this is a stretch, but I've also never seen this show. Breaking Bad House featured in Season 5, Episode 3, uh, $99 a night, includes hazmat suits. 
You need to watch that show. I mean, I did get to hug and take a picture with Brian Cranston. But so. you've never seen Breaking no. Bad. I don't know what what episode are they referring to? Season five, episode three. Is that a specific? Yeah, that's very. Is specific. that a special house that? I don't know. I mean, anyway, it did. It, it's. Very, I'd be interested to know which house that was. Um, okay, mm, we're to number seven. My goodness, we're flying Spice World bus yes! bathroom offsite, one hundred sixty-two dollars a night. I want to stay there. Okay, well then I should have let you say that yep. one because I have no interest. All right. Now this one, on the other hand, you go, Katie. The Downton Abbey. Hell yeah. High Clear? Is that how you say that? Um, High Clear. I, I, I will say Hi Claire. Hi Claire Castle, one hundred and forty nine yeah. a night. Wow. Yeah. yeah, I would. I mean, I, I'm assuming they probably have multiple guests. Yeah, they but probably. But I would totally yeah. stay there. That would just be cool. Ooh, ooh, ooh! <laughs> Shakespeare and Love's love scene site. So I guess this is when Shakespeare and Gwyneth Paltrow's character got it on uh, for a whopping discount. Seventy nine dollars a night. Yep. Guest house from the Golden Girls show, two hundred and fifteen a night. Mm, Creole mansion from Interview with a Vampire in New Orleans, yes. Louisiana. Yes, 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 yes. Three hundred eighty-five dollars a night. I would totally pay that. Why do I keep getting the weird spelling words? Historic uh, Albion Cottage from Murder She Wrote, Albion, California. <laughs> Murder She Wrote. <laughs> I cannot speak today, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you very much. <laughs> Historic Albion Cottage from Murder She Wrote. That's in Albion, California for $155 a night. Okay, and here's my good old buddy, F. Scott and Zelda Fitzgerald. They're real historic house in Montgomery, Alabama. And you can stay at this home for $135 a night. You could stay in Sonny and Cher's bungalow in the trees overlooking Hollywood Reservoir for only $200 a night. I've never really cared about Sonny and Cher. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I got you, babe. Mm. Uh, George Washington's frequent stopover in... St. Stephen's Church, Virginia, 120. Now, see, I'm a history freak, so I would probably dig I think that it's pretty hardcore. Cool. Yeah, that yeah. would be pretty cool. And okay. the last one, Court. Finally, Christmas Story House. You can actually stay there. The house from Christmas Story in Cleveland, Ohio, for a whopping $395 a night. And that concludes our double list. Okay, so we're getting back to talking about. Rental property and you. Uh, the meat and potatoes. Uh, We're going to ride the bull. We're going to ride the bull. Okay, let's get into this. Yeah, baby. Disclaimer with everything, everybody. We're going to talk about rental property, adding rental income to your overall financial portfolio. But this is not for everybody. You need to remember to, you know, it's kind of like before you try and exercise, it's like, please check with your doctor first before you do this. It's before you decide to get rental property, please check with the appropriate people, your financial advisors, your CPA, your attorney, whatever it may be, because this is not necessarily for everybody. It seems like such a great idea, but buckle down, listen to what we got to say about this, and then make sure at the end of it, you decide if it's right for you, because it is something that could have a very negative financial impact to you, or it could have a positive. I, I can I can see that. I mean, you know... I should have let you had that, Court. You're usually the court in session, like yeah, the serious one. I should have been the serious one. You should have let me go with the disclaimer at the front end. I maybe, mean, maybe, you know. maybe before we get to season three, that we'll flip the script and Look, I'll be the serious one. We're, this, is not, this is not an episode about the advocacy of going out and buying some damn place just so you can rent it on Airbnb or Verbo. You know, it's, Verbo. that's not what we're talking about. I don't it's know that I'll be able to call it Verbo. Verbo. So speaking of Airbnb, so... You know, as we said before, the idea of renting seems new and exciting with the birth of Airbnb and Verbo, VRBO, everybody. 
Um, but it's been around for a long time. How Airbnb did get started, it was founded back in 08, um, shortened for Bed and Breakfast. Mm. For those What's of the you? air about, though? Why air, bed, and breakfast? I don't know. Because it's not on the air. It's on the interwebs. I don't know. It's, 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 it's in, I guess, in the clouds. Sure. Sure. Their biggest competitor is obviously the hotel industry, and that's where there's actually a lot of cities that do not like Airbnbs. I know for a long time, New Orleans had a big stink that you couldn't have Airbnbs in certain areas because it was hurting the hotel industry. I know New York passed a law, like New York City passed a law about Airbnbs. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, they were they they were all about restricting it because it was hurting the hotels there. In New York, people were buying up condos in blocks just oh, so I'm they sure. could rent them out. Yeah, because they saw that it was potential for great cash flow. Yeah, the idea started kind of as most crazy companies start. Um, former schoolmates Brian and Joe came up with the idea of putting an air mattress in their living room and turning it into a bed and breakfast. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't know that I would say, yeah, I want to stay on somebody's air mattress in their flat. Like, sure, why not? I mean, you know, if you think about a place like, for instance, um, oh gosh, San Diego during Comic-Con, the hotel rooms are outrageously expensive. And I had a friend that used to go to Comic-Con every year professionally. Like, he worked the the convention. Why don't I know this friend? Uh, You've heard of him. You just don't. You've never met him personally. But anyway... Uh, he would always go with Airbnb or VRBO because because it was cheaper. But I mean, you know, it, it may just be a sofa in somebody's house, but he paid significantly less than you would pay to have a hotel there because the hotels in San Diego during Comic Con are booked solid. Oh yeah, their you prices change for sure. Um, so hosts that are on Airbnb do have protection insurance. Um, they currently have over seven million listings all across the world. On any given day, Airbnb provides lodging services for 2 million guests, and listings are available in over 100,000 cities spanning 220 countries, and on average, 21% to 49% cheaper than hotel rooms. Did you mention that Airbnb is now publicly traded? I did not. Okay, so just just wanted to throw that out there. This is a company that started off as basically a little... And then um, it uh, they just recently went public, and the price uh-huh. the price like <laughs> that price fell, went real high went that up, first day, and then, and then fell <laughs> a lot. So well, you and go. you think about it, it's you know the Airbnb industry has been hurt for sure during oh, yeah, twenty twenty. People are not wanting to go and stay in homes. They're wanting to be in hotels where they feel like it may be managed and better. It does beg the question why they decided to go through with the the. Uh, the IPO when, when it was the initial public offering, uh, for those that have forgotten our early episodes, when it was right in the middle of COVID and their, their, their rentals had to be way down. Who knows? They're thinking about the long-term game. Mm. Okie dokie. So you are thinking, or maybe you're just interested on doing some rental income. Let's talk about that. Rental properties can be strong sources of income if you've done your research. Ah, I don't like doing research. <laughs> I like to leave the research to you. Owning rental property can cost you more than it makes for you if it's the right or the wrong condition. There are other risks involved in owning rental property, such as vacancies and damages. I mean, just sit there and think about this. Like when you you go to a rental place, then obviously it's it's... It's human nature, even if you are a, a common, decent person, when you're at your house, you're very, co- it's your stuff. 
And when you're at a rental place, it's kind of different. It's, oh, you're just staying there. It's it's not your stuff. Mm-hmm. So you've got the thing of where people are not taking care of it as much. And so every time somebody comes, you don't know how what their behavior is. You don't know if they're going to, you know, leave gross stuff everywhere. Like, you don't know what's going to happen. So you're opening yourself up for some... I, I understand what you're saying, and I agree that there are those people out there that definitely treat other people's stuff like with less respect than they treat their own. Um, but I find that I'm almost exactly the opposite. I mean, when I go stay in a rental place, if I go stay like on a beach rental or in a even in, in even in a hotel, I'm not going to just go around smashing stuff. Yeah, I, I'm the opposite too. But there's it's some people aren't that way, yeah. and so that's what so I'm addressing. So you got to be that. cautious about that if you're if you're going to rent something. You got to be aware that you may you may be perfectly you know respectful of other people's property, but there are a lot of people out there that aren't. Yeah, and vacancies. So it's one of those that just because you have this great house that looks like the Hobbit house mm-hmm. doesn't and you put a sticker price on there doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be booked out all the time just because you put it out there does not mean that it's going to be fully booked right so yeah. that's something you have to have the reality that you will not remember back to our budget episode where we talked about you know variable or fixed expenses this is not going to be a fixed income coming in at all this is going to be variable because you have no idea when renters are going to want to actually come and stay at your property. Mm -hmm. And this Mm -hmm. is assuming we're not talking about you being a landlord and buying a building and renting out to tenants for two year terms. That's a whole nother episode. I guess. Yeah. We're really talking more about those short term. Like you have a vacation home at the beach and you're choosing to open it up to rentals. Mm -hmm. Um, That's what we're really talking about is those things where you buy property property specifically for this there's actually um, a girl in Memphis area. She is an attorney and she has bought up, I think, about seven or eight properties now in the Memphis area because Memphis didn't have a lot of bat- or didn't have a lot of Airbnbs. Mm-hmm. But she's now made these like cute little things. They're super bougie, girly, and perfect for like bachelorette trips or bachelor parties. And so she's run those, but it's one of those that she knew there was a market for it. But obviously it's one of those that she understands the liabilities of if people aren't renting it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, another interesting thing about this, just this topic um, is, well, I, we'll, we'll get to it, but there are, you know, there are tax considerations for this. Uh, and what, when you buy, when you're buying property as, as potential rental property for vacation rental specifically, you, mm-hmm. you know, there are lots of tax considerations that go into that. And we, we need probably need to discuss that as well. Oh yeah. Well, and then maybe jumping. Yeah. You're jumping a little bit. And yeah. one thing that, uh, Rebecca who suggested this topic, actually we were talking about is, you know, you've got the option sometimes of having like the mother-in-law suite or having like a area, like the pool house renting out property that is still associated with where you are. Mm-hmm. And so that kind of opens you up because depending on, you know, who you are, do you really want some, you know, stranger coming and staying over there? Or are you wanting to be separated from that? Because yes, you've, you've gotten their information, you've taken their money, but it's still a little ooh factor of like, oh, who's, who's staying back there? I don't know who yeah. that is. Yeah. True. Uh, there was a uh, there was a Hallmark Channel Christmas movie this past this past Christmas about a, a girl who was trying to find a, a new wife for her widowed father, and she turned their pool house into a, a, a Christmas rental. 
to well, attract them. Yeah, yeah, it was it was it was your typical Hallmark movie. It was good. Okay, I've said it before. I'm gonna say it again, and I'll probably say it a couple more times. If you are looking to buy property to rent, a financial professional can help you decide if it's a good investment for you or not. Again, financial professional can help you figure out. I feel like I'm a commercial right now. <laughs> um, so so yeah. the, let's start with some some simple questions. Like, first of all, okay, if you're really considering this. Do you actually own property already that you're mm -hmm. considering renting out? Or are you looking to purchase property and then rent it out? Yeah. That's, that's obviously a big question. It's a huge one. And you've got to make sure, do you have the money to put up the down payment to buy this? Are you paying cash for this? What are you doing? And why do you really want to do this? Because it's not exactly <laughs> like, you know, going out and purchasing property and then making sure that it's nice so that it will be rented. And then the upkeep involved with it. Uh, going out there and trying to get people to rent the property so that you can earn a few bucks. I mean, it's not like this is a cash cow type business. Yeah. And I mean, I'm now jumping ahead a little bit, but it's one of those of, unless you have a prime location near a place that has big conventions or near ah, or an yes. attraction, if you don't have that prime location, then you have to have that cool factor. Like we talked about before of mm -hmm. like, do you look like Pirates of the Caribbean? Are you replica of, you know, something else? Do you have something that draws people to you? Mm -hmm. And if you don't, then, I mean, that's, you're, you're concerned about what's going to happen. So let's throw some simple math into here. Okay, do it. Let's say you buy a house, $100,000. So you do your research and figure out the average rent for that size property is $1,000 per month. So gross income, about $12,000. So your property offers 12% gross income on the purchase price. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, that's, that you know, sounds how does okay. that sound? That sounds, I guess, decent, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. So yeah. there's actually this thing called the 1% rule that a lot of people end up using when they're talking about renting property and trying to decide if this is the base, best way to do it. To assess whether the rental property has good prospect for generating income, use the 1% rule. 1% rule says that the gross monthly income on the property should be at least 1% of the property's price to sufficiently cover potential rental property expenses. Okay. So in in the case that you just said, $100,000, $1,000 rental, mm -hmm. that's 1%. Yeah. And that's assuming that you have someone renting it every single month. So you got to consider that. The rule of 1% should not alone dictate the decision to buy a rental property. Property that doesn't meet the requirement could still be a great financial opportunity for you. Likewise, a property that does meet the rule, like we just said with that one, yeah, okay, it sounds great, you're at 12%, but then what if you can't get anybody to rent it at all? Yeah, I and mean, again, going back to what I said earlier, you know, what if you're like, well, I... I I already own the property, so I'm just going to rent something that I've already I already own. But you know, what does it matter what it makes? Anything is money in my pocket. Well, you got to consider expenses too. Oh yes, that's the thing is I think people don't think about is you're you you have the expense of buying this house, you have the expense of setting it up really cute, making sure it's great, but then you've got the wear and tear of making sure. <laughs> You're replacing things that are broken that you're, it's kind of like with your house. You have your emergency fund. If your water heater goes out, if the fridge breaks, mm -hmm. I mean, what if you 
hire it to a rowdy bachelor party, and they end up breaking a bunch the of trash stuff. Trash stuff. I mean, even just every time a guest leaves, once one render is done and another render is coming in, you got to clean that house. Are you going to clean it yourself? Or are you going to hire somebody to go in and clean up for, for after your previous guests? You know, this, these are things you got to consider. Yeah. So they have another rule out there. So you got your one percent rule. Now you got a fifty percent rule, and I would assume that your cost will amount to. 50% of your gross annual income on the property. So that $12,000, if you had renters every month, you're going to spend about 6000 in expenses. Mm-hmm. So really let that soak in. You've got to break down. This is a business. If you are choosing to do this, you can't do it willy-nilly. Unless this is 100% your business, then you're probably going to have to hire a cleaning crew, a handyman, mm-hmm. maybe an outside firm to actually... Manage, manage the, the bookings. bookings and stuff yeah yeah because i mean you could at all hours of the night be getting questions and who are the tenants going to call if there's an issue are you going to be on call 24 7 right what if you have this property and you're not local to the area mm-hmm. those are things to consider because you'll have there's the word taxes yep you got taxes to pay insurance i mean you're probably gonna i, I don't actually have this list on here but you're gonna need to have some upfront legal cost to make sure that you're protecting yourself. Um, that's something that, you know, court in session, I'm sure before this episode's over with, you're going to have to give us a little legal disclaimer. <laughs> uh, routine, routine maintenance. Think about, you know, just making sure air filters are taken care of and that you're checking on everything because you are going to be liable with people being in this house. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so there's so many. And then the cost of if you don't actually have people staying there, because there is a cost. If, if Again, if it's, if it's a, a, something that you, it's a property that you own that is separate and apart from the place where you live and you either own it outright already, or you are considering purchasing it for the purpose of renting it out like a VRBO property. So we're not talking about the most wonderful of wonderful movies, The Holiday. Where, yeah. where uh, I like that movie. I do too. Great. I, I really enjoyed that movie. I got really excited when I got blinds in my bedroom that are kind of like from the holiday that I have a remote <laughs> and it just blacks it out. I'm like, oh, this is like the holiday. Yeah, I mean, so that's that is like the the that is when I can when I picture like trading my house or, or renting out my home. Yeah. That's what I picture. I'm like, <laughs> I'm going to to rent my home out and I'm going to swap with someone and go live in a cottage in the British countryside where it's snowing. That's that's what I'm that's always what I'm thinking. Well and so Cam I'm gonna kinda get you to jump in on this one. Don't you do. <laughs> Don't there, you there's another cost that um we really have to talk about in this day and age and it's that you may be doing everything right but if you do not have a great presence on social media or on whatever outlet it is, I know so many of these Airbnb listings, these rental listings, they thrive on what people post on there. Mm-hmm. And so getting a bad review could really hinder you getting any future bookings. Don't worry about it, Cam. I got this. <laughs> I can talk about the interwebs. So bad reviews <laughs> are bad and good reviews are good. And if you don't know how to make sure that you get the good reviews, then that's bad. That do okay? That was fantastic. <laughs> Instagram is probably the most powerful tool for these Airbnb properties uh-huh. because you're going to sell your property through images. Mm-hmm. And also, Instagram is where all the influencers are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the girl I talked about who's an attorney in Memphis, I stayed at, rented one of her Airbnbs for a bachelorette party in town, and she reached out to me afterwards, wanted to make sure everything was okay, mm-hmm. and then asked if I would do a review. 
because that is how they continue to get people. Even though I feel like she doesn't need my review, she's thriving, but it's one of those, the more and more reviews that yeah. helps them. And you know, uh, interesting little side story. Uh, I've only ever done one of these types of rentals once and it was through Verbo or VRBO. Uh, <laughs> it was for, it was for a trip that I took to New York and it was amazing. The place we got was amazing. It was in Midtown. It was huge. It was way bigger than anything we could have afforded as far as like uh, hotel side. I mean, like the room was just, it was, and it was gorgeous. It was well appointed. It was immaculate. Everything about it was wonderful and perfect. And, you know, I, I, as we were sitting here talking about giving reviews, I never went back and said anything nice about this place. And I should have, because yeah. we, to this day, the people that I went with, we still talk about this place. It was amazing. Yeah. I'm the world's worst at putting like public reviews out there. I will you know, in person, tell anybody and everybody and recommend things, but I'm bad about going back and reviewing things like that. Okay. So we've got expenses. We've got all the trouble you've gone through. Is it, is yeah, it worth is it? Yeah. Is the juice worth the squeeze? I, I mean, I haven't said that phrase in a while. Uh, so it's, there is a fun little hard, hard and fast numbers to figure it out. You take your gross income and your expenses, calculate your cash on cash return from your rental properties to help figure out your profitability. You subtract your operating expenses from the gross income, find the annual net operating income, divide that by your rental property purchase price. This is assuming that you purchase the property to get the cash on cash return. There is no hard and fast rules for a good return, but a range of eight to 12% is reasonable. Okay. So I didn't know we were going to be doing math. Sorry. <laughs> It's, it's, you've got, and that is the number version of it. But mm -hmm. the thing is, that's not talking about the emotional and the time yeah. of it, because that is just literally the financial return of it. But this is something that if you are doing the repairs yourself, if you are going in and cleaning after the people, if you're trying to save financially, then is it worth it? And maybe it's something that you love doing. Maybe yeah. you're the type of person that wants to go out and do, um, whatever it is uh, now, glamping or something like that, because you love the outdoors and you just want to promote it to everybody that you see. <laughs> and so your mission in life is to just have as many glamp sites as you possibly can. If that's you and you're not looking to make money off of it, as we always say, you do you. You know, if, if you, it's like when we were talking about collectibles, if you're just doing it because of the love of the, of the love of the, the, the rentals or you, you want to promote your city or whatever <laughs> it is, then that's fine. But one of the things that you have to consider whenever you're looking at something as a money-making possibility is how much money are you looking to make, especially if you're looking to invest money to make money because mm -hmm. you got you to gotta, you gotta spend money to make money. Yeah. Well, wh one of the things that we always have to consider when we're talking about spending money is, especially if we're spending that money to make money, is there going to be a better return somewhere else? The idea of yeah, should you tie all of your liquidity, all of your available cash mm -hmm. up in a property? Do you still have your adequate levels of checking and savings and your emergency fund? Like, are you pulling your kid's college fund because oh, he's not going to college for ten more years to do this? Mm -hmm. oh, think about it. Well, not only that, there's a there's a very simple concept called opportunity cost. Okay, it's okay. a jargon thing, but basically the idea of opportunity cost is. If you're using your money over here, mm -hmm. even if you're making money off of it, could you be making more money with that investment somewhere else? Yep. The difference between what you can make off of your money in one place versus what you can make off of your money in the other place, 
That's opportunity cost. Okay. You know, are you utilizing your money to its best uh, benefit for you? Yeah. Well, so that ties really well into, and I think, Court, well, let's talk about the benefits and the risk. And since we're, you know, going to, in season three, I get to be the serious bad guy and you get to be the good guy. You get to do the benefits and I'll do the risk. Um, okay. We haven't discussed season three, you being the bad guy and me being I, the... I just determined it. So oh, just go with I, it. I, okay. Fine. Okay. I see. So benefits versus risk. Mm-hmm. So are these in, are, are these in like swappy, swappy order? No, you, you, you're, you're up. Do all the benefits. All of the benefits are me, and then you're going to do all of the risks. Okay, so benefits are you receive passive income. Okay, that's jargon. Jargon. (laughs) Although it could be part of passive income, or it could be active income. If you're if you're really working your butt off to to keep these places up and rentable and so forth, and it's all your own personal labor, then you know that's you're working it. So it is passive income for the purpose of. Regular earnings from a source other than an employer or contractor, mm-hmm. not included as part of your income that is subject to Social Security tax. Oh, okay. So it's it's it is passive income, which which you know that that they're calling that a benefit. Your property may increase in value. That's always a positive. I mean, if it's generating income for you and it's increasing in value, that can be definitely a positive. Uh, you can take advantage of rental property tax deductions. The, again, okay, so this is one of those things where earlier on I said there are tax considerations. One of the things that I want to just throw out there, throw out there right now is. Uh, if you're using, if you're expect to utilize this property 100% as a rental property, then great. You know, you can take advantage of rental property tax deductions, but if you're using this for personal use, you've got to, there are certain rules you have to follow in terms of the amount you're using it for yourself versus the amount that you're renting it out and and still being able to take those deductions. So talk to a tax professional if you're considering like buying a vacation home, but then renting it out some of the time, you may not have the same tax advantage as if you buy a rental property that you are renting out 100% of the time. Talk to a tax professional. And I want to I want to touch on that because actually my in-laws have a beach house and um, what they've done is it's one of those is they don't publicly put it out there that they rent it. Mm-hmm. It's more of internal to family and friends because you kind of almost have to pick. If you are going to put it out there that you're going to rent it and you're only going to do it limited times, then you're really, it's it's one of those, the juice is not usually worth the squeeze because mm-hmm. it's just more of a headache of trying to juggle when you want to go and use it as personal use versus when you're publicly letting people. And then it's, you can't have your personal stuff there. So that's something when you consider, oh, okay, yeah, well, we'll use it. If you're planning on using it a lot, then you may need to consider not making it a true rental property. Okay. Um, so another benefit, uh, you benefit from diversification. So if we're talking about a portfolio, then obviously having property in your in your overall investment portfolio is diversifying your portfolio. So that's an advantage. Uh, you don't have to work to earn money generated from a rental property. Again, this is kind of like <laughs> yeah. what we said when we're talking about passive income. You may be working. It depends. Mm-hmm. Um uh, another benefit might be attractive for retirees with limited income. Okay, I can see that. You know, um, maybe you got a little bit more time on your hands. You're not trying to to hold down a career and manage this property, um, and it's generating income for you. That's good. Uh, short of another crisis, real estate values are generally more stable than the stock market. Wow. Huh. Okay. Um, 
that's uh, that's that that if that holds true, that could be that could definitely be a benefit. Um, dirt is always going to be <laughs> dirt, and so the property that uh, that your that your house sits on is always going to be worth something. Don't you worry, I got something to come back at with that. Okay, side. Well, yeah, because I'm, <laughs> I you know I don't like making that definitive oh, of a no, statement. No, no. I, I, I'll be able to combat it to you. On okay, that. okay, worry. all right, all right, and then finally, it is a tangible physical asset. So the you know the there is a benefit to that as long as it doesn't fall down. Okay, now I get the risk. <laughs> You may experience vacancy. You may get a bad tenant, bad renter, bad all around. Mm -hmm. You may even get a bad contractor that's supposed to help you manage your property, clean the house, whatever it may be. And then you're the one that has to hurry up and go clean the house because someone's coming to stay. Your property could get damaged. We've said this one a lot. You may spend more than you make in income. Huge reality. Your property could decrease in value. The headache. If you don't manage it and truly separate and know this is a business and you have the finances to run it like a business, it could be an absolute headache and nightmare for you. Another thing, if your um, adjusted growth growth income, gross, gross income, income. Ugh, I cannot talk today, is more, than, <laughs> is more than 200,000 filing single or 250 thousand married filing jointly, then you may be subject to a 3.8% surtax on the net investment income, which includes your rental income. Hmm. Hmm. So if you've got rental property as an investment and you're earning uh, that, uh, at you're that earning, over that threshold, yep. then you, you pay, you're going to pay extra taxes on that. So that's yep. another tax you, issue. That's why you talk to your CPA, talk to your financial advisor, mm-hmm. and, and we haven't even talked about the legal part of it. The rental income may not cover the total mortgage payment. Again, if you're if you're expecting it to be, you know, that yeah, you can pay that, if you're it financing this, then you got to make sure that it at least earns enough to, that you can make your payments. Okay, so you talked about the real estate and the stock market. Well, the thing is, is that yes, this is not a tangible, or this is a tangible. But if you have stocks, you cannot instantly sell. Or so if you have real estate, <laughs> <laughs> let me. I'm getting all confused now. You can't instantly sell real estate like you can a stock. If you yes. need to get out of a stock and liquidate it real fast, you can handle that. Real estate is not as liquid as stock No. Is. Again, it's the thing as I keep publicly saying. publicly traded stock You is. can't take the brick off of your rental property and go pay a medical bill. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't work that way. And the reality, you may have to evict a tenant. If you got somebody there that's causing chaos, you may have to get them out. Yeah. And nobody likes being the bad guy. Yeah. <laughs> Still interested? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm definitely not at this point. I mean, I'll, I'll go rent somebody else's, but I'm not interested in doing it myself. Okay, so you, we've said you have to run it like a business. You have to be prepared financially. You have to talk to your CPA. Court, I need you in session. Give us a little bit about the legal side. Well, I mean, okay, I'm not going to go deep into this, but the the fact of the matter is, if you've got a property and there's any sort of flaw in that property and somebody you rent the property to comes onto your property and gets injured while they are on your property, then you can be liable for that injury and for any bills that, that come, uh, that arise because of that injury. Um, you know, so you're, you're, you're inviting someone else into a place where if they get hurt, uh, and, and a lot of times, you know, their behavior might be questionable and mm-hmm. it may have been, it may have contributed to whatever it is that leads to their injury. 
But the fact of the matter is, if they can point to something that is wrong with your property uh, that caused their injury in some way, then you could be on the hook for a lot of money. So that's something to consider. You definitely want to make sure that you are insured properly Absolutely. for something like this. So. And it's one of those that if you decide to go down this route, then you may want to make sure that you're financially set up that if someone was to sue you or anything like that, that your money was protected and you were doing everything possible to make this a business. Yeah, you know, I think Airbnb and and VRBO, Verbo, both started off kind of this, or at least uh, I always kind of got the impression that they kind of started off as just this sort of idea of a, a neat website where somebody that had some property that they didn't use all the time could maybe rent it off, rent it out some of the time, but it's really turned into a business. And, mm-hmm. you know, so if you're, if you're looking at this property as something that you're going to buy or something that you own that you want to rent out regularly, a hundred percent of the time or whatever, then you really need to take into consideration the fact that you probably want you to, you want to have a, a business entity owning this property. You don't just want to own it in your own name because then people can come after you and your assets if they get hurt and sue you. So you might want to consider turning this property over to a business, to an LLC or something like that, that you create specifically to own and rent this property. Mm -hmm. That gives you a little added protection. We've talked about LLCs, limited liability companies before. So um, I know it's jargon, but it is, (laughs) it's something that we've mentioned frequently and that, that protects you against some of that liability for somebody coming on your property and getting hurt. (gasps) Court's out of session now. <laughs> um, I, we've said this before, but make sure that before you decide to do this, that you're even allowed to actually have rental property because there are a lot of cities that may allow it, but there's particular neighborhoods that don't allow it or particular areas that don't allow it. Collierville. <laughs> the place where we live, Collierville. Yes, apparently. So that's, do again, do your homework. Make sure that what you're going to be doing is there's a market for it. It's desirable. It's you're going to be able to financially handle it, um, that you, you've you done your research, you've done your due diligence, you know that this is going to work out because this should not be taken lightly. It seems like a fun idea with all these fixer-upper shows and like, oh, I could do that. I could have an Airbnb. Mm-hmm. But there is a lot that goes into it. And so you have to be realistic with your expectations and talk to your lovely friends, your financial advisors, your CPA, and your attorneys. <laughs> Well, I think that's enough, Katie. Okay. I feel like we've... <laughs> You're done, Katie. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I just mean that I feel like this is a good stopping point for us for the day. Uh, and you know what that means. Okay, bye. You can finish. <laughs> you know what that means, Katie. That means that it is time for Bullseye. Okay, well, my my bullseye is real simple. First of all, Katie, I'm just going to call you out. My bullseye is that you always tend to, these days, you've been tending to wrap up things with our bullseye before we actually get to the bullseye. I'm sorry. So, you know, let's, let's you know. But, uh, no, my bullseye is actually, um, if, if I wanted people to take one thing away from this episode, it would be uh, rental property can frequently cost you more than you're, you're earning from it. I mean, so it, it is not... It is not something that you need to go into lightly. Uh, Even if it's just something like a VRBO uh, or an Airbnb. Verbo. Yeah, (laughs) Verbo. Um, it's, it's not something that you want to just jump into because you think it might be fun and you could earn it. This a is not just a dollars. trendy thing. <laughs> yeah. This is, this is something that you really need to treat seriously because it could end up costing you money. And we're not about costing you money. We're about 
the opposite of that. <laughs> so that's my bullseye. Okay, so since I already wrapped up, I'll give another little nugget for you. My bullseye. Nugget. This is not Twitter nugs. Stop. Bullseye nugget. Oh, y'all. I'm looking for a new co-host if anybody would like to apply. <laughs> please send it to uh, bullcastpodcast.com. Anyways, so my bullseye would be, as I say before, everything is the overall picture. Think about, does this fit with your financial outlook today, but also your future outlook. And does it fit with your portfolio? Yeah, does it fit? Because it's, yes, diversifying with real estate sounds great, but it's one of those that you've got to make sure it's balanced. The whole philosophy, you don't put all your eggs in one basket. You need to make sure that you have your adequate levels of cash. This is a financially smart move, that you're not needing this money next year for a kid to go to college or a daughter to get married or something like that. Make sure it fits with your financial outlook. Bullseye. Thank you, Katie, for that bull nugget. Also known as a filet mignon, maybe. (laughs) Bull nugget. Bull. (laughs) I'm also looking for producers, but thanks. (laughs) Oh, ladies and gentlemen, there's the closing bell. You've made it to the end of yet another episode of the Bullcast Podcast. If you liked what you heard and you haven't already subscribed, I gotta ask why not, but go on over to your favorite subscription service and hit that subscribe button. Make sure that we are beamed into your ears every single Thursday with our nuggets of wisdom about personal finance um if you'd like to find out more about me and katie you can go to our website that website is bullcastpodcast.com you can leave us comments you can read a little bit about us we probably need to update our profiles just to so you know i know there are people that are going to the site every single week just to see if we've updated and we probably need to get on that um but you know maybe suggest a topic for an episode something like that if you'd like to see some pictures of us, we've just recently taken some some new pictures. They, they, they're more prominently feature, featuring Cameron than ever. And we intend to... We love you, Cam! We intend to continue that. <laughs> that we intend to continue that, that. Nobody wants to see that. I'm just a producer. <laughs> Uh, that uh, that Instagram handle is at Bullcast Podcast, and then there are the words on Twitter. We tweet sometimes, and you can read them on Twitter at Bullcast Podcast. Finally, we work at a place called Pickler Wealth Advisors, Katie and I both. And if you'd like to find out more about Katie and I, more about the place that we work, the amazing team that we work with, and our boss, the amazing David Pickler, please feel free to go to that website. That is picklerwealthadvisors.com. That's advisors with an O. Not an E. That's right. Ladies and gentlemen, I've given you everything you need to go forth and prosper. So for now, I'm Court. I'm Katie. I'm Cam. And we out.